Well, hello everyone. Here we are with uh, another interview to go along with our, our our look back at the Jesus movement and and a look forward into what could this possibly mean for uh, for us going forward, us and and especially for some of the younger folks who are a part of of our our community here because we we really get excited about looking at the future and what that might hold and uh, it's a pretty scary uh picture right now and uh so we want to come alongside uh, millennials and gen z folks and and uh, help them sort out maybe just walk along with them uh, they know a lot more than we do about this world uh i can tell you that um, but we we have some things that we've learned, you know, from our years and uh, um, especially looking back at uh, the Jesus movement. And so I'm very excited uh, to be able to have uh, with us today my very good friend, my former pastor and uh, uh, Chuck Smith Jr., who is very much, uh, you can imagine, connected to uh, the Jesus movement, although kind of in a transitional way, as uh, as the son of Chuck Smith Sr. So uh, Chuck has uh, agreed to come on and, and talk with me a little bit about uh, what he knows of the Jesus movement. Um, I know, I know, Chuck, maybe we should start out with, with I, I know you were a little behind it. I think uh, you shared that with me before. And uh, so what, but still, what was your experience uh, in, in a general terms with, with the Jesus movement? Well, John, I was 16 years old when Lonnie Frisbee first showed up at our house. Hmm. And um, right away, I, I was taken aback at his, his look. I mean, it's difficult for young people today to imagine with long hair and a beard and a Nehru shirt and embroidered Levi's, you know, meant in 1968, 1969. Um, I mean, everything was so IBM, you know, so the, the skinny neckties, the buzz cut hair, the, you know, the Almost the uh, the Second World War, you know, uh, men re returning home from military service and still maintaining that military attitude, that military style, and uh, and then all of a sudden this <laughs> radical counterculture that was making a statement, uh, a statement by about going natural, a statement about the plastic society, about, about an unreal world that they're getting back to being, just being real. So you let your hair grow, you let, you let your beard grow. And, uh, and so when I first saw him, I was like, you know, oh, you know hippies are okay, but what's he doing in our house? <laughs> and, but as soon as he spoke, it, it was, unlike anyone else. Hmm. And I didn't know this at the time, but Lonnie was only 
a couple of years older, maybe three or four years older than I was, but he had seen so much more life by the time he was 20, you know, than I had seen. So he just seemed much older and much more mature. But he immediately spoke Jesus. He immediately spoke the Holy Spirit just as naturally as if he began a conversation talking about the weather. And it was apparent that God was really real to him. So my parents uh, embraced Lonnie and his wife, Connie, immediately. They were thrilled to meet him. They felt like he was, um, let's say, an informant regarding the hippie culture, that he could, he could help them understand it. But they also saw him as a missionary to the hippie culture. And uh, so they would allow me to drive him or drive him and Connie to various Bible studies, but also a lot of times to Laguna Beach, to Main Street, Huntington Beach, where there were, you know, conglomerations of hippies. And uh, I'd take Lonnie and Connie there so that they could share their faith. And sometimes extraordinary things happen and sometimes ordinary things happen. But, you know, so I was right there. As far as Orange County goes, I was right there at the epicenter right from the start. Um, but I wasn't a hippie. So I, um, you know, I, I knew that I was not one of them, but I'd hang out at their Bible studies and the communal houses and stuff and spend time with them. But there was a difference. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much were you involved as, as the Jesus movement continued to develop? Um, I taught Bible studies. Uh, um, I taught Bible studies in my early 20s and uh, in the various communes. I had a service in my dad's church. And uh, this is something interesting. You know Chuck Fromm. He was living yeah. in Yuba City at the time. And he was very much in, involved with uh, getting musical groups, the Maranatha Music Bands, from Orange County up to Yuba City. And he created a, a musical tour route that would include Napa, um, Sacramento, uh, Louis Neely's church there, uh, Yuba City, and Modesto. And so on any weekend, these groups would travel up there and there'd be concerts in each of these places. Hmm. And uh, so uh, it would be a band or two, or it'd be a band and then a single artist and an evangelist. And uh, a lot of times I was the evangelist who traveled with those bands. So I, you know, I got to spend time with them also. Um, guys from The Way, Parable, mm -hmm. Mustard mm -hmm. Seed Faith, um, wow. uh, Benny Stahl, Debbie uh, Kerner. I mean, so yeah, so those were ways that I was involved. Was that, so you were the evangelist. I mean, my goodness. Uh, were you 
were you aware of that the Holy Spirit was really in involved and involved in you your life and helping you at that point? And I mean, were yes. you aware of what was going on? <laughs> yes, I I was fully aware, and I have John. I've always been fully aware that I don't have it in me, <laughs> you know, to to do some of the things you know I've been put in front of people and I, it's not in me and uh, in fact thank you for bringing that up because one of the to me one of the hallmarks of that period of time is that we believed we were living in the book of acts it, that we didn't see it as the book of acts because we just thought the book of acts was the standard for the for the church how it was supposed to flow so yeah the holy spirit is working through people he's giving them gifts he's empowering them so yeah i was very much aware that i wasn't alone when i spoke mm. wow yeah i think yeah i think we all kind of felt like we are sort of riding a wave Yes. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we have we all have such fond memories uh, of those years. Um, it seems like I guess because we're at the 50 year mark, uh, depending on how you set your calendar. Um, last June uh, was the 50, 50 year reunion of Explo 72 in Dallas. Um, I, I just for your information, I I have a tendency to think of explo that as the end of the Jesus movement, and the reason I set that as the end is because to me the true Jesus movement is what we were just talking about. People just simply getting up and being led by the Holy Spirit and hardly having a clue what they were doing and and god obviously moving and doing incredible things uh i look at expo 72 and all of the work and organization that went into getting a hundred thousand people into a stadium you know and go ah i don't know <laughs> this this doesn't feel the same as you know baptisms in the ocean <laughs> you know john i i fully agree with you um what, what what was the hippie movement well there were love ends there were there was woodstock there i mean these events that yeah there was some planning but no one was planning for what actually happened at woodstock i mean it was it was overwhelming the number of people who showed up it was you know go to san francisco and it would just be there it, you know it, everything was a was a being a, a yeah. happening mm -hmm. and and that was a characteristic of the jesus movement at first it was on the street mm -hmm. you know uh you know lonnie wherever he went it seemed like he he drew a crowd he would just start talking and people would want to hear what he was saying and they'd crowd around also you know this was at a time i mean the jesus movement came towards the end of the hippie movement that is um mm. uh, 
things were going bad. People were uh, having bad acid trips, going off and not coming back. Uh, there were all these board and care homes where these people who had blown their minds were, were just housed. No one, I remember going into locked wards of hospitals where, you know, psych wards, where they just had people drugged out. They, they didn't know what else to do with them. I think Thorazine was a big, you know, drug at the time or Valium or whatever, just like calm them down. But it was, there wasn't any real healing going on. So, you know, there's a scary side. And then organized crime moved into Haight-Ashbury. Mm. And it used to be free, free grass, free acid. Now, not only were you paying for things, people were getting mugged and, you know, mm. and there were dealers on the street. And then there was that concert where the Rolling Stones provided. Yeah. And, and after that, I think it was Mother Earth said, their, their cover article was, Our Innocence is Dead. Mm -hmm. It was that or Rolling Stone, one of those two magazines. Our yeah. Innocence is Dead. And, and so now you had all these people who had left their homes, lived on the street, lived in communes, left society, and they were just out there. And things were going bad out there. Um, and they needed some point to re-enter society. And when they were out on the street, they heard peace and love, but not connected to drugs, connected to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like, I don't know if, if this was what you experienced, you were more up, uh, up north, but it was almost like there were children coming to a spiritual Disneyland. And mm -hmm. there were, I mean, a lot of the songs that we sang initially, they weren't the, the folk rock songs that became the heartbeat of the Jesus movement. They were um, like Sunday school songs. They were children's songs, you know, um, love him in the morning when you see the sun rising. You know, <laughs> Calvary and, you know, some of those, they yeah. were youth group songs. Yeah. And, uh, but, but they worked, you know, pass it on. Um, yeah. He's everything to me. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so, um, after Expo 72, I think that then it became an establishment yeah. thing, you know, where churches were. And then you had the birth of a music industry. Right. You know, praise right. and worship. First of all, the Christian bands and then praise and worship music industry and books started being written. and The rest yeah. is history. Yeah. 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 You know, it was a it, it it was a time of uh uh i think the holy spirit was simply gathering in um probably the next generation of leaders the people who are going to actually run the church you know um right. and uh yeah i i'm looking though at at all this there's a lot of looking back going on right now with with that with um there's a jesus movie jesus music movie that came out earlier this year uh love song is working on a documentary um salt company has already made one <laughs> and then there's the jesus revolution film uh with kelsey Grammer playing your dad in it that's going to be out in february what do you what do you think about 
all of this looking back is that is that good or is it bad or is it a little of both what do you think well what i think is that we have enough history now to look back and say wow that was unique i mean we're talking about one of those you know great american revivals and we're looking back and saying thousands of people's lives were changed. You know, thousands of people came to faith in droves. And, and we understand now the rarity of that. I mean, even in the good old fashioned tent revival days, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, per capita, there was a percentage that was similar, but we haven't seen since that time anything like this. And we haven't seen anything since. So I think that we're realizing something really significant happened. And we're asking, well, could that happen again? Hmm. You know, did that have to be the end of it? What do you think? <laughs> I, well, you know, this is God's work. So, yeah. you know, no one can predict. You know, Charles Finney might have disagreed with that. You know, he believed you could organize a revival. But um, so, of course, it could happen again. It, it's just, you know, God moving his, his hand on people's lives. I think, though, there'd have to be the same kind of commitment and dedication. He's like, you know, a lot of young people. I mean, I, you know, when I was 16 years old, I, I slept in a lot of different places. And I didn't need much. You know, if you had a car and, you know, some clothes packed in the trunk, you could go anywhere. Or you didn't even need a car. I did a lot of hitchhiking, too. So um, there almost has to be that kind of, well, I'm, will, I'm willing to leave all this for that. You know, this, you know I'm going to fully sell out to this. Um, so if we can do that, yeah, you know, it, it can happen again. Not that that would make it happen if you know we all just right. went and lived on the streets, but if you are willing, mm -hmm. you know, to walk away from, hmm. you know, from whatever, whatever God said, you have to leave this behind now, and come follow me. And 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 in that regard, I think that wow. it is happening. Wow. We we're not seeing it as much, and it's not as widespread or wide scale but i believe it is happening and then a lot of those of us who did you know walk away from everything well, we didn't have anything to begin with um we uh we're living comfortably now so maybe we're not ready to do that again mm. interesting wow do you think that, um, well, let's, let me put it this way. What do you think that we can bring forward from, from the Jesus movement? Are there, are, are there anything, any things that we can say, now let's, let's take that and, and, and do that, do that again, or encourage this or, what kind, maybe there's a certain environment that was created that we can create again that may not make it happen, but might provide, I don't know. 
talk about that a little bit. Well, John, I, I, my initial response to what you're saying is you're asking the right questions. And that's much better than saying we have answers. Mm. I, I really think we need to, if, if we ask the right questions, then we'll be going the right direction. So you didn't say, let's teach this generation to use rock and roll to communicate Jesus. Right. You know, that was an innovation back then, it's not an innovation today. Right. Um, but what did that say back then? Um, it said, uh, if we were to translate it today, use what is uniquely yours, uniquely mm. your generation, and do that. Mm. Um, you know, so there are things like that, not, not the specifics, but some of the underlying dynamics that, you know, will, you know, I think be yourself is really important. Use what is is in your hand. For us, everyone had a, an acoustic guitar. I mean, I say everyone, but you know what I mean. Um, and, and I don't know, most of my friends and I could play C, G, and F. Uh, not well, but, you know, we could manage. So that was like the, you know, that, that was like the musical instrument of the time. And out, out of that came, you know, lots of worship songs, lots of evangelistic songs. I mean, there was, there was rock and roll, but that wasn't necessarily the mainstay of what became the worship. Um, so I think, okay, okay. There's a saying, I think it's Marshall McLuhan saying that technology is not technology if it was there when you were born. So when I was born, you know, shovels were already here. So the shovel was not new technology. But uh, for me, well, okay, I'll put it this way. My, uh, my 10 year old grandson, actually when he was, I think eight years old, uh, one day I, I uh, showed him my smartphone and I said, you know, Caleb, um, when you did something on my phone the other day, to show me how much battery I had left. What was it that you did? And he looked up at me and said, Grandpa, how long have you had that phone? <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know how to, you got this phone, you don't even know how to work it. And he, you know, at one and a half, two years old, he had a phone where he was, you know, swiping and going for the things that, that he liked on it. And now it's like, yeah. he can live on a, on an iPad or a cell phone, it's not technology. It's not new technology for him. Um, so, what are the what are the ways of communicating that are innate to the younger generations? There's uh, Instagram. There's TikTok. Scary as it is to us. There's of course YouTube. Um, I don't see how these things cannot play into it, uh, but I, but I wouldn't say you have to use yeah. this or this is your tool. Yeah. They know their tools better than I do. Yeah, they know what's innate to their their time better than I do. So, but but that's what I would say is use what belongs to you oh, and what you're good great. at. That's really helpful. That's great. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, 
you know, most most of the younger generation, however, are not going to church. I think that's I think everybody is pretty much aware of that. Um, what do you think that means? Um, are, there, it doesn't does it necessarily mean they're abandoning the gospel or or it just they don't like this but, part of it. I, I think there's probably several answers to that. Um, and I, I want to add something to that, John. And I almost feel like I need to apologize for saying this. But some of the young people who are in church, the kids who aren't in church don't want to be like them. Mm. They can't relate to them. I mean, there's some there are some 80-year-old minds trapped in 21-year-old bodies, you know, uh, and they've been told this is this is what a Christian is, and this uh -huh. is how you have to do it. And so they're not going to be the leaders. If there's some big new explosion, they're not going to be the leaders of it. They may be important. They may be important for grounding and, and biblical teaching and things like that. But the dynamic leaders are going to be more in touch with their generation. Um, I think. I think then the other question is, are they open to God? Uh, they're not interested in church, but are they are they interested in God? Are they interested in having conversations about God? Are they interested in exploring? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Um, there may be some who mm -hmm. it's such a blank because they weren't exposed to it that they, you know, what's the point? Who needs that? I mean, that's typically the, the attitude about church. You know, what can church do for me? But uh, as far as God, there's, if they're exposed to it, there's a lot more interest. And, you know, they might know a little bit about Buddhism and a little bit about Christianity and a little bit about Islam, but not a whole lot about anything. But they've formed a lot of their own ideas. And they want, like all of us, they want to believe in heaven. That, you know, especially as the world becomes more desperate and, yeah. and scary, you know, more dangerous. Wow. Oh, gosh, Chuck, I wish we could just kind of keep this rolling and talk forever. But, uh, we're running out of time. Um, great ideas. And uh, I think some very important things. I uh, appreciate you sharing mostly about looking forward. I think that's been great. Um, I, I have one more question. And that is, what about the, I don't know how you want to translate this. It doesn't matter. I, it's just, what about the Jesus movement do we need the most today? How would you answer that? That is another good question. Um, wow, John, I'm just going to come up with an answer. I don't think it's the best. But I, I think we, what is needed today is the people who will just do it. They will, mm. they will not care about building uh, a campus. They will not 
care about creating an organization. They won't. They may be individuals, but if they're individuals with a strong vision and and a sense of calling and who also are filled with the Holy Spirit, um, they'll, they'll move people. I think one of the amazing things about the Jesus movement is that the young people were leading the old. Mm. Um, I know that my parents asked the hippies lots of questions, my mom especially, you know, what does turned on mean? What does flipped out mean? Or, or uh, what does flash? You know, I just flashed on something. What does that mean? And all these, all this terminology, I blew my mind, you know, all this terminology from the drug aspect of the hippie culture. Um, I think, I think the youth can be leaders again. I think it's surprising for older people to hear young people talk about Jesus with intense enthusiasm and devotion. You know, not scripted, uh, you know, like Mormon missionaries are trained. You know, it's like, you know, I, don't, I just don't want to hear that. Um, but dynamic, spontaneous. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. Love it. Chuck, thank you so much. This was uh, very, very stimulating. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. <laughs> Good. A pleasure as always, John. Okay. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.